Locust Street in Des Moines was packed with thousands of people on the night before the 2012 general election. On one end of downtown was an enormous American flag and the Golden Dome of the Iowa Capitol. On the other end, Bruce Springsteen stood on stage and strummed his acoustic guitar. Well, we made a promise, we swore we'd always remember. No retreat, baby, no surrender. It was November 5th, 2012. Springsteen was opening for President Barack Obama. Let's re-elect President Obama to carry our standard forward. The 44th president was holding his final campaign rally as a candidate. I came back to ask you to help us finish what we've started. Because this is where our movement for change began. Right here. Right here. It was Barack Obama's Iowa caucus win in 2008 that signaled to the rest of the country that he could become president. He had won Iowa in the general election that year as well, and he was back to win it again. Are you fired up? Iowa, tomorrow let's remind the world just why it is the United States of America is the greatest nation on earth. I love you. Let's go vote. The next day, Iowa delivered for Obama, helping him get another four years in the White House. I'm Clay Masters. And I'm Kate Payne. And from the newsroom of Iowa Public Radio, this is Caucus Land. In 2008, there seemed to be a clear frontrunner for the Democratic Party after two terms of George W. Bush. I announced today that I'm forming a presidential exploratory committee. But a junior senator from Illinois catapulted to the top of the race. Hello, Iowa! This guy, this Barack Obama, he connects with people. Oh, it is good to be back in Iowa! And on caucus night, Iowa sent the rest of the country a signal. 186, Obama. We are now projecting that Barack Obama has come in first in the Democratic caucuses in Iowa. Obama's win in Iowa was a sign it could be time for the United States to elect a black president. I don't think we can overstate how important the Iowa caucuses were and that year Obama spent. Uh, We cannot overstate how important that was. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll hear how Obama's long-term relationship with Iowa all started. Caucus Land is sponsored by Gravitate Coworking and by Cornell College in Mount Vernon, Iowa, where students get a first-in-the-nation, hands-on experience with the political process every election cycle. Explore interdisciplinary learning at cornellcollege.edu. This is Caucus Land from Iowa Public Radio. In January 2007, a prominent politician announced she was running for president in a video. I announced today that I'm forming a presidential exploratory committee. I'm not just starting a campaign, though. I'm beginning a conversation. Hillary Clinton, the senator from New York and a former first lady, sat on a couch and looked into the camera. So let's talk. Let's chat. Let's start a dialogue about your ideas and mine. Because the conversation in Washington has been just a little one-sided lately, don't you think? And we can all see how well that works. And while I can't visit everyone's living room, I can try. And with a little help from modern technology, I'll be holding live online video chats this week starting Monday. So let the conversation begin. I have a feeling it's going to be very interesting. But Clinton's time at the top didn't last. I stand before you today to announce my candidacy for president of the United States of America. I don't think we can overstate 
how important the Iowa caucuses were and that year Obama spent in advance of of the caucuses, uh, we cannot overstate how important that was to him. That's NPR national political correspondent Don Gagne talking about the then junior senator from neighboring Illinois, of course, Barack Obama. Gagne was just wrapping up his time covering the George W. Bush White House for NPR, and this was Gagne's first time covering the Iowa caucuses. For Joyce Russell, a longtime reporter at Iowa Public Radio, she'd covered many of these cycles. Obama felt like a contender for me from day one, even before he announced his candidacy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Russell remembers Obama's speech at Senator Tom Harkin's annual campaign fundraiser in 2006. What a wonderful reception. I'm going to have to come to Iowa again. Harkin was a Democratic senator from Iowa who served for decades. His annual steak fry attracted politicians who wanted to get national media attention and flirt with a run for president. Not only are we going to take back the Senate, which we desperately need, But more importantly, I think that we are going to restore the sense of hope and possibility that we have lost over the last six years. Obama was introducing himself to the country. With a mother from Kansas and a father from Kenya, he wanted to lead a new era of American politics and build on the legacy of the civil rights movement. Dr. Martin Luther King, two weeks after Bloody Sunday, in which the marches at the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma had been turned away and had been beaten. And, and horses and dogs and nightsticks had descended upon them. He stood up in a church and he said, you know, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. But it doesn't bend on its own. It bends because Each and every one of us put our hand on that arc and we pull it in the direction of justice. And that's what I need each of you to do today. I need to put your hand and bend it in the direction of justice. I need you to keep on marching. I need you to keep on going. And if we do that, I'm absolutely confident that we're going to capture the kind of America that we need. God bless you, Iowa. I love you. God bless you, Tom Harkin. Thank you. People gathered around him. The crowd went nuts. Senator Harkin called him a rock star. One more time for Barack Obama. Come on. So that was very striking. He, he, was just, he just generated enthusiasm from the very beginning. Russell interviewed Obama during his first weekend trip to Iowa, right after he announced. Weekend we've had in Iowa shows that we're going to be able to compete. Uh, we've got as good of a staff, uh, as good of an uh, organizational structure that we're building, uh, but more more impressively, I think, is the degree of enthusiasm that we've seen, uh, particularly from people who haven't been involved in the process for quite some time. NPR's Don Gagne says there was very much a sense that this Obama guy was a serious contender and maybe a candidate in the not-too-distant future. You could see him kind of honing his speech and honing his craft, and you could also see him learning how to get comfortable with voters and get comfortable in all of the settings that you have to that you have to you know appear in uh, in, in a state like this and he he be, he became a challenger really quickly your future 
is our future. Campaign watchers point to Obama's speech at the Jefferson Jackson Day dinner in Des Moines as a turning point. This is a major event for the Democrats during caucus campaign cycles, attracting thousands of people. Obama gave the final speech of the night after Senators John Edwards and Hillary Clinton, who had also been building large organizations in the state. I don't want to spend the next year or the next four years refighting the same fights that we had in the 1990s. I don't want to... I don't want to pit red America against blue America. I want to be the president of the United States of America. What also stood out was Obama's campaign strategy. It was an ultra-modern, high-tech campaign that is already, just a decade later, like dreadfully obsolete that feels <laughs> right. like it had it feels like it was rotary phones almost yeah. it was you know so much has happened since then for context here twitter was just a year old at this point and the obama campaign was on it they emphasized building support and organizing turnout across the board even down to the neighborhood level they were reaching voters who typically don't turn out for the caucuses listen to this story from npr national political correspondent mara liason in november of 2007 she's interviewing west des moines high school student morgan miller who was in a club called the barack stars in iowa as long as you turn 18 by election day 2008 you can participate in the January caucuses. So Morgan is targeting classmates who turned 17 by November 4th of this year. To be honest, I didn't really know what a caucus was because um, until I started volunteering here and I realized what a big deal it was and how every person really counts. And so I've been like really active in trying to get like other seniors involved. It's pretty exciting. I'm, it's going to be cool to actually be able to be involved with the next election and have your say. Morgan Miller, as they say in the Obama campaign, is fired up and ready to go. And Obama was able to fire up a broad coalition of Iowans to show up on that caucus night. After a break, we'll talk about how Iowans helped deliver a surprise victory to Obama and put him on the road to be the first black president. Caucus Land is sponsored by Cornell College and by Gravitate Coworking providing flexible workspace for freelancers, remote workers, teams, or anyone sending emails from a couch or a coffee shop, including those in Iowa for the caucuses, with premier co-working spaces in downtown Des Moines and Historic Valley Junction. Learn more at gravitatecoworking.com. Are you enjoying this episode of Caucusland? Find more stories about the candidates and learn about their positions on the issues Stay up to date on the race to the White House by going online to iowapublicradio.org slash 2020. High quality journalism is more important now than it has ever been. If you've learned something today by listening to this episode, make a contribution now at iowapublicradio.org. It's your support that makes podcasts like Caucusland possible. This is Iowa Public Radio's Caucus Land. I'm Clay Masters. And I'm Kate Payne. So, it's caucus night in January 2008. It's well below freezing, but a record number of Iowans are showing up to caucus. Republicans and Democrats go about their caucuses a little differently. In this episode, we're sticking with the Democrats. Remember, Hillary Clinton is the front runner at this point. She's been leading in the polls for months, often by double digits. It's her race to lose. NPR's Don Gagne was working his first caucus that night. I remember just kind of being agog at 
you know, where where I got to stand and where I got to go and how I could wander just about anywhere and how you'd see these groups forming and disbanding and alliances being made all kind of right in front of you. It, uh, it felt like the kind of stuff that should have been happening in a back room, but there it was. Folks, you can listen to him personally. I, I spent a lot of time looking at both Biden and wanting Biden to do something more here. But a couple weeks ago, I made the decision that I would support the same guy that I supported four years ago, and that's John Edwards. So here's what's going on. 74. 75. At Democratic caucuses, participants have to physically go stand with their candidates' supporters and be counted. For every count, each candidate has to win 15 percent of the caucus goers at that site. If they don't, those supporters have to pick someone else. You that are not at this point, we're going to allow 15 minutes to realign to another candidate. Um, Dodd, Kucinich, and Biden, and Richardson do not have enough to be a viable group. I watched in, in, in tally after tally, uh, a group would break up and then people would go to their second choice. And overwhelmingly, that second choice was Barack Obama, not Hillary Clinton. 186, Obama. 116, Edwards. And 74 for Clinton. Across the state, scenes like this were playing out. Again and again, Iowans chose Obama. Latest numbers, uh, Barack Obama, now on the Democratic side, has just over 35, 35.26% uh, of, uh, of the result, uh, just under 31% for John Edwards and Hillary Rodham Clinton, is, uh, Hillary Clinton is within the fifth of a point. And Robert, NPR we're, we're News, yes, now is now that we are now projecting are that projecting Barack Obama has come in first in the Democratic caucuses in Iowa. Well, uh, Obama with just over 35% now and uh, the majority of the precincts reported is uh, the winner. Huck could be the winner on the Republican side. This is NPR, National Public Radio. Gagne was on the ground with NPR's Michelle Norris when the results came in. Michelle and I looked at each other and it's like, this guy could be president of the United States. I mean, it was the, it was the first time that thought ever occurred to you in a truly meaningful way. And it wasn't until he won the Iowa caucuses. They said this country was too divided too disillusioned to ever come together around a common purpose. But on this January night, at this defining moment in history, you have done what the cynics said we couldn't do. The organization of the Obama, Hillary Clinton, and John Edwards campaigns motivated nearly 240,000 Iowans to show up on caucus night. It shattered previous turnout records. Obama's win was so surprising and so exceptional because he beat the establishment candidate as a black man in an overwhelmingly white state. For years, people have trashed the caucuses and Iowa for distorting the nominating process and not being representative of the rest of the country. But Obama's win suggests a strong candidate with an extensive grassroots campaign can take it all. So much has been said about Iowa lacks diversity and this and that. For him... To win and win so impressively here on that night, that early in the campaign, sent a really powerful signal. 
And that's where we're leaving things for this episode of Caucus Land. Hello, Iowa! Next time, that establishment candidate gives it another go. I'm back! And another surprise candidate gets all the attention. I am seriously thinking of running for president. But before we go, we're collecting stories of the Iowa caucuses in a segment we call Only in Iowa. And this time, it's Iowa Public Radio's Dean Borg's turn. Uh, I was covering Barack Obama in the 2008 campaign, and he was speaking at Iowa Wesleyan and and Mount Pleasant, and candidate Obama came to the microphone. And and as he began speaking, and I'm I'm just mimicking here, he said, and if I'm uh, elected... We're going to develop health care that will be affordable to... (coughs) And he went on sort of coughing like that, and finally he said, (coughs) I swallowed a bug. (coughs) Don't don't film this. (coughs) At a later date, Borg was miking Obama for an interview. Dean had just put his cell phone in his pocket. My phone rings. Senator Obama at that point said, just a minute, we have... uh, uh, a cell phone issue here. So I, I suppose, red-faced, shut the cell phone off and, and indicated we could recover and, and continue. And after the interview, uh, he turned over to me and said, I covered for you. And I said, remember when you swallowed a bug in Mount Pleasant? I covered for you. All right. We want to hear your Only in Iowa stories. The number to call if you have one, 888-893-2036. Just leave us a voicemail. Caucus Land is produced by myself, Kate Payne, Clay Masters, and John Pemble, with production support from Jason Burns, Sean McLean, and Nick Brinks. Our music was composed by Garrett Schmid and performed by Garrett and Aaron James. Our news director is Michael Leland. Our executive producer is Catherine Perkins. Subscribe to Caucus Land wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate and share the show. Caucus Land is a production of Iowa Public Radio News.